The Smart Start Money Podcast. If the subject is about money and life or questioning the so-called experts on the subject, we open the conversations. Welcome to this episode of the Smart Start Money Podcast. My name is Eric Flynn. Today's podcast episode, I want to talk about new cars and are they worth the money? Aside from most new automobiles being a terrible purchase from a financial perspective, are new cars actually worth the price? Stick around for today's podcast episode and I'm going to talk about new cars and if they're actually worth the money. Before I get started on today's podcast episode, if you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com for articles on life and money. Today's podcast, I wanted to take a look at new cars and specifically if the quality of new cars is, is worth the money people are paying. Aside from, like I said, the price of new cars being just a terrible fine from a financial perspective, I want to take a look at are, are they really worth the money? And living in the throwaway world we do today, are new automobiles, are they falling into the category of being cheaply made and sold with the intention of buyers having to replace their cars more often? And these are just a few of the questions when it comes to car manufacturing and, and quality today. Cars have gotten so expensive over time that lenders have, you know, they've even started to offer 72 and 84 months of financing to put people in new cars. The prices of new automobiles, they, they keep going up, but has the quality also improved? I guess that's the question. Although some car enthusiasts would argue that new cars are being built better and lasting longer today, uh, I'm not so sure. The ever-changing global business model and the chase for the highest profits while continually cutting costs does not just come in the form of shopping at your local Walmart. The concept of low-quality, cheap throwaway consumer items doesn't stop at the discount store. It might also be present at your local car dealership. The truth today is when you buy a new car, you're paying for the technology and not necessarily the overall build quality. Now, part of the, the problem with the car industry is car manufacturers have changed. Changes in the auto manufacturing industry have made me question the quality of new cars today. I don't believe most vehicles today are made up to the same standards they were at one time. And for this reason, they really are not worth the price that automobile manufacturers are charging. Not only do most cars depreciate in value fast, but they also fall apart and become very costly to fix. American car manufacturing decades ago, it was vibrant and several manufacturers were known for quality. And today this is much different. Automobile company mergers along with outsourcing for parts and labor is the modern car manufacturer business model. And it's not just American automobile manufacturers that are following this pattern. Many imported and even some very expensive car brands are always looking for ways to lower costs. And this often comes at the cost of quality. When it comes to car manufacturing, I wanted to first take a look here at American cars and quality. American automobiles, for the most part today, are no longer looked at for having quality. 
But part of the reason is the decline in quality control and just control in general of the build quality for American vehicles. Cars have a lot of moving parts, and not all of them can certainly be made in the same place. However, American car builders have sacrificed quality control and oversight for cheaper labor and manufacturing costs. It's not uncommon today for an American car maker to source parts from lower wage countries like Mexico or China. It's understandable that all car parts can't be made domestically. However, the more often parts are sourced to other areas around the world, the less oversight on on quality control. Most American car manufacturers, they're knowingly willing to give up some quality for cost control. Another problem with American car makers today is the many mergers and acquisitions so many of them go through. It seems one day a company such as Jeep is, is just that. The next day, these cars are, you know, they're Jeep Chrysler, and now they are also in the business with Fiat. Many supposedly U.S. car companies are no longer only made in America. Factories, manufacturing methods, and parts are often being interchanged between different vehicles. And this is done to cut costs, but many times at the expense of quality. When it comes to foreign automobiles, many of the foreign car makers are no different really than American car manufacturers. They've sacrificed control for cost cutting and often with sourcing parts and labors to low wage areas around the world. It's not just the outsourcing, but some car makers such as Mercedes figured out that it doesn't pay to make long lasting automobiles. I'd say probably two of the more popular foreign automakers that are still known to have cars that last are probably Toyota and Honda. However, I do believe Honda has recently teamed up with GM. So it will be interesting to see how this plays out in the end. It, it could be the end of the reliability for Honda. Even with Toyota still holding quite a bit of value with dependability in the eyes of many owners, I would even argue that just about all car manufacturers, they, they seem to have something in common today that can't be good for quality long term. The commonality is the material they use for making vehicles, materials that are cheap to manufacture. Now, I will say it is undeniable that cars today are they are proven to be much safer to drive. They're made to fold, I guess, when a crash occurs and protect the passengers. Decades ago, cars were made from a lot more metal and steel, which made them heavier the sheet metal was thinner, but there was more of it. Today, there's a lot more plastic and fiberglass in just about all cars. And part of the argument for this could be better fuel efficiency, yet the truth is more cheap plastic is used because it's, it's less expensive for the car manufacturers. The problem with the many plastic and non-metal parts on cars is they wear out much faster. Plastic tends to crack and disintegrate over time. Extreme heat only adds to the problem. You know, look under the hood and on the outside of just about any car today, any new car, and there's a lot of plastic. Try to even compare, um, you know, a Mercedes or BMW of today to one from 10 or 20 years ago. 
And you have to ask, is all the cheap plastic worth the average price tag of over $30,000 now for a new car? It's not just the engine compartment and trim on most cars today that use cheap materials. The finishing touches on the inside of many automobiles are also using plastic and fiberglass to take the place of wood or metal. For car owners in hot or very cold climates, the the inside of a car can look faded and dated very quick. When it comes to quality materials being used in a lot of cars today, consumers are often paying for for much less. Now, car engines, they are lasting longer. I, I know some listeners might argue that, you know, that is one of the things why cars are better today is the engines are lasting longer. You know, just getting to 100,000 miles in a car at one time was an accomplishment. And today, 200,000 miles or more seem to be common, but often with an asterisk and disclaimer for many car makers. The improvements in fuel injection, synthetic oils, and some of the high tech in cars is helping them last longer today. Yet the high mileage often does not tell the complete story. You might actually get 200,000 miles out of your new car that you buy today, but it will likely hit that milestone with a check engine light that won't turn off and technology glitches that you'll just probably come to live with somewhere along the way. Quite plainly, the advanced technology in cars today, it's making them more expensive. From an overall build quality I would argue that new cars, they're just not worth the money. The cost of them, it's not for the build materials, but for the technology that's in the cars. People are paying for the advancements in the electronic and computer-controlled components in cars. There isn't a new car sold today that probably doesn't come with, you know, Bluetooth and a backup camera. And these items are, they're what most buyers expect today. I would argue that it's not just the comfort of Bluetooth technology in cars that is nice. All the fancy technology has made cars more fuel efficient and safe, but it does come at a cost. Things like digital odometers, electric windows, and tire pressure monitoring systems all eventually have an issue. They either malfunction or completely break down. The problem with all the technology on automobiles today is that at some point it it wears out. Computers and electronics, they, they don't run forever. And car manufacturers know they do not make money when they build things that last forever. Just look at some of the most expensive technology to replace on cars. And you can see the overall cost of automobile ownership can get expensive over time. An engine, let's take, for example, here, an engine control module for a car, which is a computer. You know, it's estimated to cost between $1,236 and about $1,283 to, to have that replaced. Need a new electronic key for a car because all the cars tend to have electronic keys now. This could cost, you know, $250 or more. Car makers, quite plainly, are they're purposely making vehicles more expensive and less reliable. There's nothing wrong with making a profit, and America certainly is a capitalist culture. But car makers have certainly figured out that making them last 
doesn't make a profit. Just like most companies have figured out to make things that need to be replaced several times over. I will say again, yes, car engines are lasting longer. However, many of the parts and particularly the technology is going to break. When it does break, it's going to cost. Electronics on most cars are, are not only going to likely malfunction or break down before the engine wears out today, but it will also many times require a specialized tool or mechanic to do the required repairs. This service might even require a much more costly automobile manufacturer dealership service department opposed to, you know, using your local mechanic to do repairs. The auto industry, it's estimated right now to bring in over $950 billion each year through sales and service. A lot of the money is at stake and auto manufacturers are always trying to figure out how to cut costs and improve the quality and reliability of their vehicles. The problem is so many of them have, have cut costs without keeping that same quality in mind. Now, interestingly, you would think when you spend on average $30,000 to, to buy a new car, drive it off the dealership lot, that you would be buying something of quality for that price. And a lot of times today, it's just not the case. They're using cheap parts. They're using a lot of plastic. You can Take, for example, the batteries that they're putting in at the factory. The, the batteries in automobiles, they, you know, by the time you drive it off the lot, they, they don't last that long. Same thing with the tires. You, when, you, when you get tires, you expect them to have 50, 60, 70,000 miles. But a lot of the tires the car manufacturers are putting on, they last 36,000 miles if you're lucky. They're just not using the quality parts to push cars off of the car lot. They're... They're doing things to cut costs and they're doing things to cut costs on items in cars that they know the owner is going to have to replace. New cars today, they, my view is they're, they're just simply not worth the money that these car manufacturers are charging. A lot of times people don't have a choice but to spend these high prices, but they're, you're buying low quality. There is better technology and improved performance, and this is what consumers are paying for in a new car. They're not buying a more expensive car and getting a better one. And sure, there is improved safety and fuel consumption, yet repair costs and actual long-term overall durability doesn't make a new car a good buy. Forget the fact that most new cars depreciate in value on average 22% in the first year and 55% after just five years. New cars have gotten much more expensive over time. And the problem is the actual over, overall quality has not gotten better. It, it's likely it's, it's much worse. The problem is people are paying much more each year to buy a new car. And most wages, they're, they're just not going up. According to an article by Road & Track, car prices went up 29% in the last 10 years. This is while the median household income has seen a climb of just 6% to an average of $62,000. This means a new car for most people today is costing almost half of their annual salary. Quite frankly, it's undeniable that a lot of people in America have money problems because they're buying new cars at these expensive prices 
and they end up with $500, $800 a month car payments for seven years or more. New cars, they're, they're just simply not worth the money these car manufacturers are charging. And that's why I'm, all, I'm always a big proponent of buying used as opposed to new. Because new cars, they're, they're just really not worth the money. Try to get a good used one. However, the truth today is that even a relatively used car, just probably three to five years of age, is not likely worth the cost either. It would not be too far behind in the computer-controlled electronics and an abundance of plastic in the vehicle. Yet a used car will at least be a better deal financially. Not as much money would be spent on a depreciating asset. The issue even with used automobiles today and their value is the market of supply and demand. Because new vehicles are getting so expensive, more people are discovering that buying used is, is a better alternative. The problem with this is prices for even used cars are seeing a rise. This has been particularly the case during the COVID-19 pandemic as more people are out of work or living with an unknown financial future. I will say if you are in the market for a car, I do have a article on the website, smartstartmoney.com on car buying tips that should be helpful if you want to take a look at that. Car prices, they just quite plainly, when you look at it, they've gotten out of control. And this is particularly the case when you look at the quality and reliability of most cars. Most automakers seem to think that every consumer is just going to accept the fact of paying more for lower overall quality standards. The problem is, in, in some regards, they are correct. It seems a lot of car buyers have gotten comfortable with six or even seven years worth of monthly car payments. And I always hear to the, you know, to this day that having an auto loan, you know, it's just a normal part of life. And the fact is that it shouldn't be, and it doesn't have to be. Why continue paying more and more money for worse quality and reliability? At least with most cheaply made consumer items, they are actually cheap to buy. Cars aren't in the same category. Costs and quality keep being cut, but the prices keep going higher. I just will say that new cars today, they're just not worth the money. Don't waste yours to get one. Thanks for listening to the Smart Start Money Podcast. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com for articles on life and money. Let me know your thoughts on new cars today. Do you think they're actually worth the price that these car manufacturers are charging? You can send your comments directly to me at eric at smartstartmoney.com. Join me on the next podcast episode, and I'm going to be taking a look at performance reviews. I recently got a email question, and that question is, why do people hate performance reviews at work? Many companies like to describe the performance appraisal as something good for both the employer and employee. However, performance reviews, they're typically not any good at truly improving employee performance. Join me on the next podcast episode as I answer this question, why do people hate performance reviews?